Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we are here in chapter number 4. And we'll actually be starting verse number 16 today, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, we've been spending the last few episodes studying things related to the catching out of the saints, the event that is theologically referred to as the rapture, and looking at this passage here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, which lays out the majority of the details of the actual event that is going on. And that what will happen for the body of Christ at the end of this dispensation and is related to our hope of being with the Lord Jesus Christ in the, you know, in the heavenly places, ruling and reigning with him for all eternity. And how there's this increasing you know, look at the idea of the catching out of the saints. You know, there were some individuals who had, you know, once again had done one of those date setting things and, you know, that supposedly the catching out of the saints was going to be a couple days ago. Here that, you know, the date that they had set was actually this past Saturday. And once again, we've gone past a date that's been set and the event has not occurred. You have an increasing number of individuals who are also starting to even deny that this is actually an event that will actually even happen. So they are starting to teach that you know this text here that you know we're reading here in First Thessalonians chapter number four doesn't even apply to us today. You know, taking on really that kind of Acts 28 dispensational viewpoints of saying that, you know, the things written in Romans, the two Corinthian epistles, Galatians, and the two Thessalonian epistles do not apply to us today, saying that they're written to a different group of individuals. And really, we know that. The Apostle Paul, who's the Apostle of the Gentiles, he's our Apostle. He's the one who's given us our doctrine. We know that the things written in Romans through Philemon, this is where we are getting our doctrine. And we know that we have a hope that's clearly laid out here in this epistle. And so... What we have is the Apostle Paul trying to clearly lay out for these saints in Thessalonica the knowledge in in one of his earliest epistles that he wrote 
giving the details of the hope for the members of the body of Christ. And so we see as we get here to verse number 16, this issue of where Paul is now going to really give these details of exactly what's going to happen now that he has built a foundation to be building upon that now he can start to lay out the details and we see how Paul is saying here in verse 16 it says for the Lord himself so he's now talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and saying some things specifically about him and who he is for us. And let's turn over to Philippians chapter number two, and we'll see how the Apostle Paul is going to say something here in the book of Philippians related to this acknowledgement of him as the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Philippians chapter number two, we're going to read verses nine through 11 here, which say, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So, we see how Paul as he's describing the Lord Jesus Christ and talking about the name that's been given to him and how it's a highly exalted name and that there's the things of the things in heaven. So that's the angelic realm in the heavenly places. You know, also talking about things of our hope that the things in the earth. So that would be the you know mankind here on planet earth you know tying in with Israel's hope and this is in things under the earth talking about you know and that's where when you go through scriptures and and read and study what is being talked about related to under the earth that's talking about hell in there of that everything that is in all of those places are going to bow at the acknowledgement of him being Lord. There's going to be, at that point of where Paul's describing this, there is going to be no more issue of individuals rejecting who he is and really all this is this is just the fact that they're acknowledging the fact that he is lord they're just acknowledging his identity and we see those things for example in the gospel accounts where those individuals that were indwelt with the unclean spirits that they were acknowledging him even though they had they had something in them that was part of that rebellion against God 
that unclean spirit was acknowledging who he was. So all this is is really kind of pointing to the issue of that acknowledgement. And this is one of those things that we see how individuals today reject who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You know, you have individuals who see that he was just a man that was kind of attaining to become a God. You know, that he's not God, he was attaining to become a God. That you have individuals identifying saying that he was just really the Archangel Michael that took on human form in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have individuals who teach them things about how he's really less than everything what the scriptures identify him as because they'll take the passage right above here where we've been reading and talk about how he, and where it says in verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. And they start talking about how you know, that's the Greek word kenosis and how that really means emptying. So he emptied himself of every attribute of deity while he was here on, on planet Earth in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And even still today that he's learning and kind of getting closer to who he was. You know, all of those things really in a rejection of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And that is really a major problem of where in you know as individuals are teaching these things because as that's being taught and then someone is trying to present the gospel message for today, the gospel we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and the simple fact that our belief in that work is what gives us our eternal life. And when individuals are being taught some different things related to who the Lord Jesus Christ is, it makes it that much harder to be able to present the gospel because they then cannot understand who he truly is. And it becomes just that rejection of it. And there are so many things that really point out over and over again in the scriptures who the Lord Jesus Christ is that we as Christians should be able to clearly see that and be able to help present that to other individuals so that way they can be able to see who he is. Now, we see, let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, and we're going to see how the Apostle Paul is going to describe some of these titles that are given to the Lord Jesus Christ here. And we're going to read in 1 Timothy chapter number 6, 
verse number 15, which says, Which in his times he shall shew, who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings, and lord of lords. So we see how there's these three different titles that are being given to describe the Lord Jesus Christ here in 1 Timothy 6, verse 15. The issue of him being the blessed and only potentate. Then we see him being described as the King of Kings and also the Lord of Lords. Now, we're going to talk about those last two titles first here. The idea of him being the King of Kings we know that the idea of a king is an individual who has rulership over a portion of the area on planet Earth. And we know if we look at Israel's history and, and looking at Israel because the Earth is Israel's hope, that initially they were being ruled over by the judges. And you go through the book of judges and you see how you know each judge just slowly keeps you know in a way getting worse and worse and Israel's you know history and how they just kind of keep falling away farther and farther from what God would have them until they get to the point in the book of Samuel where they ask for a king to rule over them just like all the other nations had a king ruling over them. And, and you see in the book of Deuteronomy how God had said, this is exactly what's going to happen, that there will come a point where you're going to ask for a king, and in a way you're rejecting God by asking for that king to rule over you. But the issue of him being the king of kings, that's pointing to you know, when he's going to come back in the end of the book of Revelation and establish his kingdom here on the earth. And when that happens and he's in that position of sitting on the throne, reigning, He's going to be the king of kings because he's going to have that power and authority over everything on the earth, which includes all of those kingdoms, and they will all be coming to him and worshiping him as the king of kings. Now, we have that next title, the Lord of Lords, the kingship pointing to Israel and looking at their hope here on the earth. The idea of Lord of Lords is looking at the reconciliation of the heavens, the heavenly hope, talking about the hope we have as the members of the body of Christ. And you see how, you know, the issue of him being called the Lord Jesus Christ, this is something we see over and over again in Paul's epistles. You know, we don't see him 
being referred to, you know, in that title as many times as you see the Apostle Paul just repeatedly calling him that because that issue points to our hope, the heavenly hope. And so you see how we have that reconciliation of the earth. We see the reconciliation of the heavenly places with it in there. And this leads into the issue of where Paul describes it says that he's the blessed and only potentate. And that's the issue of tying those two things together, the reconciliation of the earth and the heavens, all according to the plan which had been laid out by the Godhead even before the creation. And that's why you have Paul say, for example, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. And that issue of him being that potentate is that gathering together of those things in Christ you know, and gathering together in one. And that's when he's going to have that role and that identity of being that blessed and only potentate. And how... You know, when individuals are really rejecting who the Lord Jesus Christ is, that they're rejecting all of these things related to that hope. And when you have these things kind of going on, and you see how Paul is saying, okay, that the Lord himself is going to be, you know, coming back and is going to, you know, come back for us to take us into the heavenly places. One of the things that we see that occurs with individuals is because you start seeing the things of, you know, him coming back to establish the kingdom, him coming back for us, and how individuals, as they start seeing this issue of him coming back in these two different manners, that they start to blend together the two different programs. And they fail to apply the principle of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, of the study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And as they take those things and blend them together, what ends up happening in their confusion is they end up you know, destroying the truth that they would have and not understanding these things and then start to teach the things that aren't clear at that point and lead others into the error 
that they have found. And one of those things of where individuals can create that confusion, if we go over to Matthew chapter number 24, and we see how there's this description that's given here in Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 40 and 41. And it says, Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And they start looking and say, Well, see here, that's a description of the individuals being taken away. The rapture happening so we can see the rapture happening in Matthew chapter number 24. Now when you are seeing these things and understand what's really being made a reference to in the book of Matthew that you would know that those who are remaining are going to be part of the kingdom that's going to be established here on the earth and that those that are being taken away aren't being taken away for glory and to be in the heavenly places they're being taken away to be taken into judgment at that point and so this is not the same thing of what we're just studying here in the book of First Thessalonians in chapter number 4. So, the things of his second coming for the nation of Israel and his coming back for us in the event known as the catching out of the saints... Paul also calls it the day of Christ as he's describing those things. Those are two completely different events. And what we're going to do in our next episode is we're really going to actually look at a few details associated with each one of these things to clearly lay out the fact that Paul is describing something completely different than the things of the hope of the nation of Israel. And it's a glorious thing that we're not going to be part of those things that the prophetic scriptures describe for the nation of Israel because then we would potentially be facing the things of the wrath of God and we know that we've not been appointed to wrath and that's a glorious thing to know that there's no chance that we would ever face the things of God's wrath simply because we've put our trust in the gospel message the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. 
And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our Sunday services and our Wednesday night Bible study live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.